0: Because as Jamie's dad, one of the most frustrating things for me after she was killed was realizing how much of this fight to reduce gun violence is based on pure bullshit.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. Before we get going today, I just wanted to say that this is our 100th show, and I wanted to thank everyone who's been listening and supporting the show with their likes and subscribes and comments. It really makes a difference. And if you haven't liked or subscribed to the show yet, please do it wherever you listen to podcasts or on Politics Girl YouTube. It really means a lot. But I also wanted to just give the biggest shout out to all of you who have subscribed to our premium channel and who have helped keep this work going. I literally couldn't continue this work without the support of the Politics Girl Premium members. I'm deeply grateful to you all who have seen the value in what we're doing over here, both with the podcasts and the rants. If you're not a subscriber to Politics Girl Premium, but you like and respect what we do, please consider going to politicsgirl.com premium to check out the various options we have for subscribers and consider helping support our work. Having reliable places to get real information, truth, and perspective is absolutely essential as we head into this next election year, and we are working really hard over here to deliver it for you. Politicsgirl.com slash premium. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. So I was recently on a call with a bunch of people who are out here in the country fighting for democracy, and one of the people on that call was Fred Gutenberg. An entrepreneur and owner of 19 Dunkin' Donuts franchises, Fred began his life of service after the tragic and unimaginable murder of his 14-year-old daughter Jamie at the Parkland school shooting on February 14, 2018. The day after her death, Fred attended a public vigil and the mayor asked him if he would speak and he hasn't stopped since. Co founder of the nonprofits Orange Ribbons for Jamie and Orange Ribbons for Gun Safety, Fred is now a well known leader and public safety advocate, a philanthropist, a motivational speaker, and the author of two books, Find the Helpers and American Carnage, which he recently co authored with Tom Gabor. A regular on TV news programs and every kind of online and print media, advocacy and change have become Fred's full time mission. I'm having Fred on today because of the increasing calls for violence we are seeing in our political sphere, the incitement to violence by Trump and his compatriots, the overall threat to democracy and our public safety by the stockpiling of weapons and ammunition to use against the government or fellow Americans with whom they disagree. The mainstream media seems desperate to normalize what's going on, but nothing we're seeing these days is even remotely normal. And if we're being honest, it's extremely dangerous. So I'm having Fred on to hopefully help fire you up to keep yourself and this country protected from the threats rising against it. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, inspirational leader, advocate, and passionate public safety warrior, Fred Gutenberg. Welcome, Fred.
0: Thank you for having me. Always an honor to talk to other great people around the country. It is my honor to speak with you.
1: Oh, well, honestly, thank you so much for joining us. You are someone who inspires me so much. Every day you're out here fighting for change. So what happened to your family doesn't have to happen to others. And as the mother of a 14 year old myself, I just want to say how deeply sorry I am for the loss of Jamie and how truly grateful we are that you were somehow able to take such a horror and turn it into a purpose that could help so many. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much.
0: You know, you know, Jamie was 14 when she was killed.
1: I know. I know um, she was. And I have that 14-year-old that I look at every day. And I think of you all the time, Fred, and all the parents that have lost a child unnecessarily yeah. like this. And so I'm so grateful that you are using that kind of trauma to help other families and other people in America not have to live through your loss. And so I am truly grateful that you're doing this work and i i'm humbled by by what you do truly but Before I get overwhelmed with the tragedy of our country and the tragedy of it all and what you have been through, I know you and I could sit here and we could talk about a lot of things. But one of the reasons I'm having you on today is to talk about this threat our country is facing from the anti-democratic movement that's growing around the country, uh, led in great part by the Republican Party and this kind of Second Amendment solution we keep hearing about Mm -hmm. and that the mega Republican followers who are continually being incited to violence you know, may feel forced to, or perhaps even worse, inspired to use. So can you tell people what you mean when you talk about a Second Amendment solution?
0: Yeah. And and people should take it seriously. Yeah. Um, Because these MAGA followers and the person who leads them don't say these things without very intentional expectations to follow. They believe they have the right to accumulate all the weapons and ammunition that they want and to use it when they determine they are threatened by the government. So they believe they actually have the right to simply go out and start harming people if they, for example, declare this current government illegitimate. Now. Who is pushing them to do that? We all know the answer. It's a guy who's been convicted of fraud, who's been charged many times, and who's been impeached twice. And I worry because I do know how many weapons and how much ammunition they've been acquiring and stockpiling. You know, this notion that everybody running around America is a gun owner isn't true. it's, It's false. It's actually concentrated for the most part, in a minority of the population. And there is a group that is really acquiring a lot of stuff. And we ought to be concerned because when this former uh, occupant of the White House speaks, they listen. And when he talks about killing military leaders or political leaders, one lone wolf, it just takes one, could accomplish it. You know, you and I started having this conversation about a month ago on another call where I talked about the Second Amendment solution, and I can't stop thinking about it in the past 24 hours, and here's why. Yesterday, I watched not just a brilliant speech by President Biden, but an important speech in ways for our democracy that every American needs to understand and be paying attention to. The threat that he laid out is real. The threat that he laid out is the same one I'm talking to you about, and, and with a complete understanding of how serious they are. They're a minority of Americans, but they're serious. And then I'm watching this morning, all this breaking news, starting with the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein, a champion for democracy a champion for the gun violence prevention movement. That's right. Followed by the retirement ceremony for General Milley. This is the best of America. People like Senator Feinstein and this retirement ceremony and it's who we should expect to be and it's what democracy is all about. But there are some evil people who intend to mess with our country And it's it's no longer just words. Take it seriously. January 6th happened. It was real. There was a stockpiling of weapons just outside of Washington, D.C. It's been well documented. Fortunately, those weapons didn't make it into the Capitol. But that was the next step. And and so take it seriously, because if you don't, um, this country that we know and love may not look the same after the next election.
1: No, I agree. And I think what what I'm gonna back it up so people understand. If you're listening to this at a different date, we're recording this on September 29th. Uh, Fred is talking about a speech that President Biden made in Arizona on September 28th. I would highly recommend you go back and listen to it. And one of the things he was saying was, he called out the GOP for basically what he called their deafening silence after Trump's comments on killing General Mark Milley, who literally has saved our country from the worst instincts of this man. The president said that mega extremists are across the country, have made it very clear where they stand. The challenge for the rest of Americans is to figure out where we stand because democracies don't have to die at the end of a rifle. They can die when people are silent and they fail to stand up and condemn these threats to democracy when people are willing to give away what is most precious to them because they feel frustrated. And it reminds me, this talk, this sort of rising talk of like, how far can we talk about killing each other, killing our fellow Americans if we're not getting what we want before we start pushing back on that? And it reminds me of that Turning Point USA uh, rally in the same state of Arizona last year when that guy got up and said, How many elections are they, meaning the Democrats, going to steal before we kill these people? And everyone was like, oh. And he he clarified to the audience that he wasn't joking. He doubled down and said, when do we get to use the guns? And at the time, Charlie Kirk, who's the founder of Turning Point USA, sort of denounced the question, but not by saying, oh, no, we're not advocating for violence. Don't do that. He said, you're playing into their plans when you say that. They're trying to provoke you and everyone here to do something violent so that they can take your rights and take your freedoms. So he didn't say, no, don't shoot Democrats. But he said, Democrats want you to shoot them so they can then steal everything from you. It was so disingenuous. It was completely terrifying. Because clearly, Democrats are not coming for our freedoms or your liberties or your guns. But this is the rhetoric we're dealing with now. And we need to be really serious.
0: Don't forget, there was another thing that happened during that election cycle that should not be ignored. And it was how many of those candidates felt it important to run with commercials, showing them with their guns and using their guns. And it, it, it is all part of them saying, we're ready. And they talked into the, some of those commercials about how the Second Amendment will give them the right to stand up. They still, in far too many instances, will refer to January 6th as, as, a, as a, a tourist visit, not discussing what it truly was. And listen, President Biden, one of the points he made yesterday that I can't get out of my head, Evil and hate as a threat to democracy, it's always there. You know, it may subside, but it's always there. And and in order for it to come out, someone has to give it oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we know the former guy fed it a lot of oxygen, but those who remain silent also feed it oxygen and allow it to fester and grow. And right now, it is, it is really, really, really in a, in a critical place. When they start threatening people like General Milley when they threaten people like the Speaker of the House, when, when they talk about guns as a solution to uh, elections that they disagree with, silence should never be the answer, but it is literally now the answer of an entire political party. And this whole effort now that they have with impeachment um, and with going after federal law enforcement, the FBI, Department of Justice, it's all to say to those who believe and are ready to act that the government is illegitimate, that, that we stand with you just to wait further word. It is not okay, but it doesn't have to be this way.
1: It's the stand back and stand by mentality. yes.
0: Listen, America, we do have the ability to make sure we put an end to this. And here's how. You show up in the 24 election in numbers unlike those ever seen before. You show up and vote in all the local races, the statewide races, and the federal races. You do it either through the mail, you do it in person, you do it early, you do it the day of, but you do it. And I do believe this election... We'll have that kind of voter turnout. The reason why we are in the place we're in now is as a country, we have done a really horrible job of voting for far too many election cycles. And I don't mean we've elected the wrong people because too many of us sit out the process and don't vote. We end up with the wrong people who push this stuff. We have to eradicate those evil people and that thought process from our government And the way we do it is we vote like we've never voted before.
1: Yeah. No, I often say that America and democracy are like a couple in a long-term marriage. And sometimes when you're in a long-term marriage, you kind of take that person for granted. And I think Americans took democracy for granted. Like we would always have it. We're the shining city on a hill. But when you stop paying attention to it, that's when things can go wrong. And we really need to dial back in to our partnership with democracy and say, I care about you. I love you. I'm going to work for this because we are stronger together. And I just want people to understand that like- What Fred is talking about with this Second Amendment solution, like if you don't know, because I think a lot of people actually don't know, Fred, about the amount of guns that were stored off-site for the January 6th situation. I think a lot of people don't actually know that that happened. So that's where we get up these conversations where it's like, were they patriots? Were they tourists? You know, if you don't know, a member of the Oath Keepers, Testified in court that there was this massive cache of weapons stored in a Virginia hotel room guarded by his fellow oath keepers. It was just outside the Washington district limits because of the Capitol's tough gun laws. Side note, gun laws work. 100%. Uh, Right? (laughs) Uh, That included like AR 15s and rifles and handguns and boxes and boxes of ammunition. And it was there so that they could arm a quick reaction force who could rush the guns into the hands of the extremists at the Capitol. When they were called upon, and that witness testified that he hadn't seen that many weapons on the one location since he'd been in the military, and that's the thing: these are military guys that are joining these groups that are are arming themselves against America. And it was this stash of weapons that played a central role in the DOJ's case against the head of the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, and four of his associates, who were all charged with seditious conspiracy. And you might remember that Stuart Rhodes was just sentenced to 18 years in prison when the prosecutor successfully proved that the plan was to use those weapons to support the plot to stop the peaceful transfer of power. So the events of January 6th are so much more serious than most people imagine or they know. And the plan was... Was really to include violence. So we really need to get serious that these guys were ready and willing to shoot and kill lawmakers. They were ready and willing to shoot Capitol Police. They were ready and willing to shoot fellow Americans, to keep their president in power. And that's why all this talk about Trump getting back into office or pardoning the insurrectionists or this idea that these people were just unjust political prisoners is so wrong and so awful, and we need to be really serious and talk about that all the time.
0: And let's take it down a level from Washington, D.C., just to kind of show you how serious this is. Let's look at a state like Michigan where Gretchen Whitmer was targeted. Exactly. Where these Oath keepers and and folks who believe they had a second amendment solution were showing up at the Michigan State House armed with AR-15s and other guns, let's bring it down a level from that. Peaceful moms demand rallies across the country, they show up at those In their AR-15s, okay, hoping to influence these peaceful moms from simply wanting to do something about gun violence. And they believe they have the right if they need. They're not showing up just for the purpose of intimidation. Okay, that is the main purpose. But if you have that gun, things sometimes happen. An accident happens. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: Things happen. And they believe it is their right. So America, again, if like me, you love this country, and if like me, you believe in the Constitution and the Second Amendment and the rights of legal lawful gun owners, most of whom support doing something to reduce gun violence, if like me, you believe in that, but you don't believe in this notion of a Second Amendment solution, and you don't believe in the idea that these anti-democratic individuals being led by the MAGA chief, if you don't believe in that, we can't allow that to fester. We've got to put an end to it. And that's why you must vote.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's clearly a fair amount of people who are using the Second Amendment to justify stockpiling weapons and ammunition in case they have to use it against what they see as a tyrannical government. And yet, Those are the same people who are supporting those who want to be a tyrannical government. And I've been thinking so much about the idea of the Second Amendment lately, you know, why we have the Second Amendment, this concept of protecting ourselves, you know, and rising up against a government we no longer agree with. But aside from the fact that the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure the free state before it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I think there is just no way that the framers wrote the amendment with the intention of giving the people the right in their new nation to rise up against them right? They weren't that enlightened. So it seems pretty clear to me that the Second Amendment was written into the Bill of Rights because America did not have a standing army at the time. And if they needed to pull together a group of people to defend it quickly, to defend the nation, not rise up against the people that would have written the Constitution, it would be a lot easier if the men that they called on already had their own guns. But now we have a military. So I don't understand how these Second Amendment warriors think their arsenals are going to stand up against the American war machine with their tanks and their drones. It seems increasingly more likely that these people are using the Second Amendment to justify potentially using violence against their fellow citizens that they feel are holding them back from the world that they would prefer.
0: Not only 100% right, there was no confusion on any of this until about 35, 40 years ago. And, and, right. And you can... You, you can literally trace exactly what happened. So in 1977, the NRA, which up until then understood what the Second Amendment was and what their role was, faced a mutiny at their convention in Cincinnati, Ohio, led by a guy by the name of Harlan Carter. And people didn't know it at the time, but Harlan was actually a convicted murderer. But he changed a vowel in his name and he ended up leading the NRA. Following the 1977 convention,
1: it feels fitting, Fred. I'm not going to lie to you; it feels fitting. <laughs>
0: you can't make it up, but it's true. Um, and and at a, it was at a time in this country where gun sales were actually declining. We no longer had a draft, and hunting wasn't the big thing that it had been previously. Right. So the NRA, under the direction of Harlan Carter, decided it needed a new direction, and it embraced gun manufacturers first and developed a strategy to, to, to sell more weapons by A, talking about the government as, as an enemy that we need to defend ourselves against, and B, talking about others as bad people. Right? America became good guys and bad guys, mm-hmm. and all the bad guys had guns, and all the good guys needed guns to defend yourselves from the bad guys. And listen, they were v- very successful in doing it. And over the next, into the 90s, They put a lot of effort into elections and electing people who believed and thought like they did. Again, under the radar, it wasn't all the the impact of it wasn't so obvious. But in the 90s, you started to see state laws slowly beginning to change. You started to see a push to change some federal laws. You know, little things, um, you know, United States was... You know, we're no longer able to really study the impact of gun violence, but nothing major. Until 2005, when the first Stand Your Ground law passed here in my home state of Florida. And now it's like, now Stand Your Ground is all over. And now we see permitless carry and open carry. But in 2008, you had the Heller decision. And it really changed everything. And not because of what it defined in terms of rights. Of gun owners but a phrase common use it basically gave the industry the ability to start over manufacturing weapons like ar-15s to put them out in such large and vast numbers that they would be in common use and so politicians supported by the industry started parroting all the messages and before you knew it we were being flooded with weapons that made our communities far more dangerous. And we were electing true believers, pushing the BS messaging. And in a matter of less than 20 years, the notion that they have this right to use their weapons on us if they disagree with the government. It has not been our nation's history to be this way. It doesn't need to be our nation's history. But people need to understand how we got here. And people need to be so angered that they vote. And my friends, do not worry about falling in love with political candidates. Don't worry if they inspire you in every way possible. If they are a candidate that truly wants to support democracy, that truly wants to reduce gun violence, that truly wants to protect choice, that truly wants to protect the environment, that truly wants to protect our right as Americans in a democracy to vote, vote for that person. Don't worry about how old they are. Don't worry about how pretty they are. Don't worry about how energetic or enthusiastic they are. Vote for them.
1: I mean, obviously, the Second Amendment has caused us endless heartache and discussion in this country. And the rising violence that you're talking about and the gun uh, fetishism that we have had in this country now, it only kind of highlights the reason why we really needed Biden's new White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention, because we clearly can't continue doing nothing. And as Biden himself said, thoughts and prayers are not enough. What do you think? about this new office that the vice president's gonna be heading up? What, what do you think about this step that the White House is taking that's never been done before? We all hate wasting food, but now no food has to be wasted thanks to Lomi. You guys have heard me talk about Lomi many times before, and that's because I flip and love the thing. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps into plant food in under four hours. I know the planet is facing a major crisis, so any step I can take to limit my family's personal carbon footprint feels essential. The bottom line is we all make a ton of food waste. You don't realize it until you start to collect it and use a product like the Lomi. Every vegetable cutting, dinner leftover, dried produce in your fridge goes in the Lomi. So instead of ending up in a landfill releasing methane into the air, it's composted down into nutrient-rich loamy earth that you can feed to your plants or lawn or garden, or just throw in the garbage. Not a word of a lie with the Lomi, our family went from three to four bags of garbage a week to one. Plus with Lomi's new app, you can track your environmental impact, earn points for every cycle and redeem for freebies from Lomi and other great brands. I keep repeating how much I love my Lomi because it's true. You need to get one, not because they sponsor this show, but because they're actually an amazing product. If you want to join my family and start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to slash politicsgirl and use the promo code politicsgirl to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.comslash politicsgirl and use the promo code politicsgirl at checkout. Everyone should have one of these machines. Thank you Lomi for continuing to sponsor these episodes. If you're a bra wearer, you know there is nothing worse than suffering an uncomfortable bra. Thankfully, Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game. An upgrade from traditional bras that uses uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat, Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabric that is so soft it feels like a second skin. You immediately feel and see the difference. It's next level comfortable. You might even forget you're wearing it, which is a big deal because most of the time we can't wait to take the damn things off. For comfort, you wanna get the best selling crossover bra. If you want more lounge bra, then you're gonna want the V. It offers the supports of a traditional bra, but without the uncomfortable underwire. Designed with molded cups to lift and separate, it doesn't create that dreaded uni-boob effect. Pair your V-bra with Honey Love's breathable, versatile leggings, or get the matching shapewear to go with your crossover bra. Either way, you can't lose. And for limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com politicsgirl. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com politicsgirl. And if you go and buy them and they ask where you heard about it, please support the show and tell them Politics Girl sent you. It really helps them know that you are listening and you're hearing us. So ditch the underwire for good with Honey Love, honeylove.com politicsgirl For those of you who don't know, I have a super rare lung disease. And although the scarring in my lungs is where the disease originates, it's my heart that's actually affected. Heart health is so important, and we have a heartfelt reason to support our blood pressure. In fact, statistics show that more than half of the. US population would benefit from blood pressure support, which is why I'm so pleased to be introducing our new sponsor, Humans Superbeat Heart shoes. Superbeat heart shoes are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure and promote heart healthy energy. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in superbeets are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 30,000 five-star reviews, superbeet heart chews are really having their moment. I can't wait to try the superbeet heart chews for myself. And even if I can't take them because all of the other medications I'm on, my husband will absolutely be taking them. We want him to stay just as healthy as he can, as we both go on to enjoy hopefully long and active lives. Plant-based and easy to add to your routine, Superbeat Heart Chews support healthy circulation, so not only is your blood pressure getting support, you're also getting productive, heart-healthy energy without a crash. Effective and clinically studied, Super Beets is the number one pharmacist recommended beet brand for cardiovascular health support. Double your potential with SuperBeat Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of SuperBeat Heart Shoes and 15% off your first order by going to GetSuperBeats.com and using the promo code POLITICSGIRL. That's SuperBeats.com, code POLITICSGIRL. And finally, today's pod is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and lowers your bills all in one place. When you log into Rocket Money, they ask you what you'd like help with. I chose cancel my subscriptions, but you can also pick lower my bills, track my spending, create a budget, track your net worth, grow your savings, improve your credit score, or reduce your debt. Rocket Money can help you manage all your finances in one place, even automatically categorizing your expenses so you can track your budget in real time and get alerts if anything looks off. I personally wanted it for the subscriptions I'd forgotten about, and apparently I wasn't alone. According to Rocket Money, over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, so we're all out here wasting our money and we don't even know it. Do you know how much your subscriptions cost? Most Americans think they're spending about $80 a month when the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much money you're spending on subscriptions, then you need Rocket Money. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, with the average person saving over $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com politicsgirl. That's rocketmoney.com politicsgirl rocketmoney.com slash What do you think about this new office that the vice president's going to be heading up? What, what do you think about this step that the White House is taking that's never been done before?
0: I am its biggest fan. I've been pushing this administration out since they've come into office to do it. Um, and look. I, and, and I'm a fan for a few reasons. Um, one is substance The ability of this office to now engage every cabinet level agency to be a part of the fight to reduce gun violence through resources and personnel should not be understated. It's a big deal. But as someone whose daughter was killed in a mass shooting, one of the things that I remember distinctly is that there was no real federal response. I mean, none. Uh, I don't know that there was any, actually. And this office is going to be tasked with treating instances like that of gun violence like a national disaster, the way FEMA reacts. You are now going to have a real federal response in the moment and ongoing, where communities will be helped and supported and not forgotten. Because how many times have we seen these shootings where everything just kind of moves on? Trust me, it happened in Parkland and it happened at everyone since and everyone before. It won't happen again. And so this office is such a big deal on the substance, but it's also a big deal on the politics because it is the president saying, I will do every single possible thing in my authority, whether it's through legislation, which we passed, whether it's through appointing a true permanent ATF director, or whether it's through executive actions that have now resulted in this office, I am going to do everything. And if you want to support The ongoing effort to reduce gun violence in America so that you will have more freedom to be free from gun violence than just on the politics. It's another reason why you better not only vote for this administration, but everyone who will support them.
1: Yeah. I loved seeing the president and vice president up on the podium with Congressman Maxwell Frost, who started his career in gun advocacy with March for Our Lives and is now working in Congress. I knew Maxwell when he was a kid. I know, to be part of the solution, right? He's just, it's like seeing the change that you've all worked for actually out there to make a yeah. difference, right? And seeing him at 26 years old with our 80-year-old president only proved once again that age is just a number and President Biden clearly gets it. It doesn't matter how many years he's been on the planet. He is investing in what most of us, but particularly the young generations really care about and he is paving the way and holding up those who are going to come after him for a better America than we have offered them.
0: What was amazing is is after the Friday ceremony, you know, you have the the, the rope line, everybody who's there is on one side and the president and the Secret Service are there on the other side. And he loves to walk that line and greet people. But his focus on all the young people in that line and really going to them blew me away. And his ability to engage with them and how much they wanted to talk to him and are inspired by him. It's, it's like you said, age is a number.
1: It's a number. But
0: do the right thing for people and they get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we need to be out here pressuring Congress to take common sense actions that the majority of Americans support, like universal background checks and banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. But since we don't have any of that yet, this new office that the president has created is going to do what it can from the very bottom of his soul to address this epidemic that is tearing our country apart. And obviously, last summer, President Biden also signed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which was limited, but still this significant, the most significant gun legislation in the country in the last 30 years, right? And one of the biggest goals of that was to keep guns out of the hands of the most dangerous people. And he's also taken more executive action than any president in history to keep our communities safe from firearms. And these are all important steps. And the president has been really clear that it's just the beginning, that we need to fix our gun violence problem. It's going to take all of us working together to push it through.
0: And it's working. You know, people need people need to stop hoping for an immediate result because the truth is in 20 years, we've gone from 200 million to over 400 million weapons in America. 20 years ago, AR-15 sales were less than 2% of all guns sold. Now they're over 25% of all guns sold. So we, we, we have a, a big problem. It's not going to just fix overnight. However, we are finally starting to see in the past couple of months the homicide rate related to gun violence shift the other way. We are finally seeing kids. You got to remember the enhanced background checks on people under twenty-one as part of Safer Communities. It has stopped young people going in to buy guns who were in a crisis moment. While you'll never know the gun violence incident that didn't happen, yeah, we know there are some that were likely stopped and. So, you know, little by little, step by step, if we keep doing the right thing, we will bend the curve and we will finally be, you know, on the direction to we're never going to get rid of gun violence, but reducing it.
1: Yeah. And that's obviously what you're working with, with your not-for-profits, with your Orange Ribbon um, work, but also your new book, American Carnage, which you co-wrote with an international gun policy consultant, Thomas Gabor. You address so much of what we're talking about today, especially these myths that hold us back from really doing anything like Gun owners frequently use their firearms to fend off attackers or armed people. Why? An armed society is a safer society, or the always popular guns don't kill people, people kill people. The only thing that stops a
0: bad guy with a gun is a good, a guy, good with guy
1: with a gun. gun. All these myths. So talk me through these popular myths and, and you guys set out to debunk them. So how how did you guys do that? Talk yeah. me through that a bit.
0: So so let's actually start with that last myth, because it feels like we've heard it forever.
1: Is this a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun?
0: Yeah, it just feels like it's been a part of common or, you know, popular culture forever. It's a 10-year-old myth. It started about five days after Sandy Hook. That myth was Wayne LaPierre, who heads the NRA, his response to the Sandy Hook shooting five days after the Sandy Hook shooting. That was his response. That line never existed before that. They turned Sandy Hook into a gun sales bonanza. They've used lies, myths, and slogans now for the better part of the past 25 years, let's call it, to push guns on America, gun sales on America at the expense of your safety, at the expense of my safety, putting a risk to our nation's children like your 14 year old. It still blows my mind, but that was their response to the Sandy Hook shooting and you know one of the the myths that I, I always focus on in the book that i i really uh, for america i want to understand this isn't who we are as a country and it wasn't always who we were as a country it is literally a 25 year problem so let's not pretend that america has always been this way it wasn't america always passed gun safety laws always america always understood the the rights of gun owners, and the responsibility, okay? It was never a question. Even the NRA always understood that until 1977. So, and as, a, as an example of why this matters, last year, there was a Second Amendment case, the Bruin Supreme Court case. That wasn't a Supreme Court case over some newish law that people had a disagreement on, it was the NRA going after a law that was passed over 100 years ago and managing to get it overturned. A law that was helping to make New York one of the safer places is now no longer. And so, why do I focus on that over 100 years ago? Because that's the way America was. We always passed laws to reduce gun violence, we always knew there was this obligation to balance the right and the responsibility. That doesn't exist in this moment, but we don't have to be okay with that. And so I, listen, we wrote the book because as as a Jamie's dad, one of the most frustrating things for me after she was killed was realizing how much of this fight to reduce gun violence is based on pure bullshit. Excuse yeah. my language.
1: No, it's, and, I mean, that's it, babe. <laughs>
0: And, and needing to, to, to give Americans the, uh, the tools to move off of that platform of lies onto a platform of facts and information so you know the truth and how to talk about it. One of the things I started saying when the book came out, I, I, I will say it every day until the next election, stop listening to the liars. You know who they are. We all, listen, whether it's politicians or those who embrace these positions, we know who the liars are. Stop listening to the liars and candidly, I'll take it one step further. I used to engage all of the liars and all of the MAGA and all those who push this. I don't even care to anymore. They exist. They're 30-something percent of the country. I get it. We're not going to change them anymore. They are indoctrinated. I will only engage those who want to do the right thing for this country, who believe in truth and democracy, who want to be free from gun violence and focus on giving them every reason to vote. I'm done fighting with the other side. Stop listening to the liars. Move on. Turn off Fox News. Turn off Newsmax. Stop listening to the insane folks on the House side in Congress right now. Focus on the America you want. Focus on the way you know it can be. Focus on restoration of democracy and vote.
1: How can it be anything other than that? We have over 40,000 people a year die in this country from gun violence. And we all know that reforming those laws would really cut down on unnecessary death. And yet, with the political challenges we've had and with the liars we listen to, we haven't done anything for so long. And as you point out, it, a lot of it is the NRA and they're kind of what you call widespread multi-year misinformation assault on the truth, right? And
0: by the way, it, it, in in large, to a large extent, funded
1: with money from Russia. It's a good point. It's a good point. But like to paraphrase the president of Brady, the United Against Gun Violence Organization, there are few issues in America where the stakes are as high as gun violence or where the steps to prevent it are more straightforward. Virtually every American wants to see changes to strengthen our laws and enforcement mechanisms to make gun violence more rare. And yet those challenges have been so hard to enact because of the lies and the half truths and the myths propagated by the gun industry to fight these common sense laws and to sell as many guns as possible, no matter the cost to American people. So, you know, this is deep, dark, hard stuff. And clearly your book drives home the point that gun violence in America is a national disgrace and we can do far better than this. But I also know you work In the motivational and inspirational sphere. And because I feel that people are particularly out of sorts and feeling scared lately, one Mm -hmm. of the things you focus on in your work is the importance of perspective and perseverance and resilience. And obviously, you've had to deal with all of that in your own personal life. People have to deal with that at pivotal moments in their own lives. And how we respond to terrible things that happen to us is key. And obviously, this country is at a pivotal moment in its life. How do you think? we should be responding.
0: You know, so the other thing I I would add is I focus on hope. Hope. Um, And one of the messages of my first book, Find the Helpers, that um, I, I, I tell to kids who I meet across this country is we all have moments in our life. We all do. Some bigger than others, some happy and joyous, some horrible and sad. But at the end of the day, what matters more than the moment is always what you do next. It's always how you reacted to it. And democracy, you know, the you described it as like a relationship. I would say that whole concept of what you do next applies to democracy as well. So we're in a moment. This is where we are, but the only thing that matters is what we as Americans do next. And we get that chance. We will get that chance. We get to choose to fix this. And I believe we will. That's where the hope part comes in. Because I do travel this country. I go not just to blue states. I go to red states as well. Not just to blue cities. I go to red cities as well. I go and I harass politicians who don't support me. I harass politicians who also do support me. Okay, because that's what we are. That's that's how democracy works. And everywhere I go, by and large, I meet people who want democracy to survive, who have people they love, who they want free from gun violence, who after talking to me, understand what I want to do isn't a threat to their right. It's actually something that they understand is to help keep them and those they love safer. I have hope because I just meet people all across this country who always give me hope. And I believe when we have that chance for this next national election, what we do next will be a resounding um, endorsement of democracy and an annihilation of the other point of view. One of my true friends now, believe it or not, is former Congressman Joe Walsh. Um, original Tea Party guy, one of the original MAGA, who now looks at the world like, what did I unleash? But he believes you have to annihilate his old party. And the way to do that is to only vote for Democrats in order to get back to a functioning two-party system, which I believe we need. That's what democracy requires. But we don't have it right now. I think it's going to be resounding after the 24 election. I think we're going to do it.
1: I think we're going to do it too. But hope is essential as long as you partner that with action. Because the truth is there are more people out here who believe in positive change and democracy and human rights than the alternative. And the forces fighting against us, they're working hard. So we have to work harder. We can't doodle around. We can't be complaining. We don't have the luxury of sitting down and giving up. This is it. 2024 is make it or break it, life or death for American democracy. And all the positive forces of change we hope to see in this country come down to which party we vote for when the dust settles. And honestly, there is only one choice. And I think we both agree that that is the Democratic Party. That's it. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you for joining us today, Fred. Please tell people how they can keep up with your work moving forward.
0: Well, you can follow on my website, fredguttenberg.com. Um, if on social media, my my home base for now is still Twitter, whatever <laughs> We're not they call
1: it. X. We won't do it, Elon.
0: I am also on a bunch of the other Blue Sky and Post and Spoutable, but my home base is still Twitter for now. And I also stay pretty active on media and news interviews. Um, and I'm really thankful for those who continue to give this issue a platform. So I ain't going away. I'll be out there. And for the course of this next election cycle, there's a really good chance I'll be in your community.
1: And of course, American Carnage and Fred's first book, Find the Helpers, are available wherever books are sold. Keep up the good work, yes. Fred. Your advocacy is an absolute inspiration. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. So that was Fred Gutenberg reminding us to stop listening to The Liars. We know who they are, and we can no longer give them the power to control the lives of the majority of us who want something better. Hope is essential, but so is action and leadership. As Biden said in Arizona, evil and hate will always be here, but for it to thrive, it needs oxygen. We know the people encouraging it, but our silence only allows it to fester. We must speak up and work for a better world for everyone. Now's the time. And if we do it together, there is no question that good will win. I want to thank Fred for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now go out and make the world a better place. Until next week, PG out. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.